Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show. Ah, ESPN Central Texas, and well, I tell you, it's uh, everybody is feeling a little bit down today. It's not just the rain, the storms that moving through town. Uh, it is uh, really one of the most brutal weekends I can recall in uh, in Baylor uh, basketball history. Uh, given that uh, both the men and women have checked out and will not be advancing to the Sweet 16, there will be time for me, and I may provide a little bit of this perspective today, and uh, think back to the times when, you know, you you didn't even you couldn't even hope for things like this, and uh, you you were just happy to be in the tournament. Unfortunately, and fortunately, I should say, mainly fortunately. The Bears are way past that now, and uh, as defending national champs on the men's side, women had gone to 12 straight Sweet 16s. This thing uh, is uh, it, it's just it's tough on everyone, namely the players, the coaches, and certainly the fans, our listeners, our loyal listeners. And so uh, we want to, Aaron and I will provide you an outlet today. Uh, if you've got thoughts on the game, now what I'm not going to do is move on today immediately to sun is shining and sun's going to come out. Now all that'll happen, and there's a time for that. But uh, uh, and you know we're we're we are the flagship, but we're not Baylor PR, all right? And so uh, or or whatever internet people, uh, this is a deal where we've got to just be. Uh, We've got to be upfront and honest about exactly what happened and uh, and what's going on. And I'm telling you, um, uh, the emotions are you talk about a roller coaster. Aaron, you were uh, <clears throat> you were back in the studio the other day, but the the to be courtside and uh, Tom and I were courtside. Garrett was there as well uh, in that Dickies arena. And to sort of experience the lows of 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 thinking, this thing's over, and uh, uh, and this is just a uh, this is a this is a lost cause, and that was certainly the case when it was sixty seven forty two, bears down by twenty five points with ten minutes and forty one seconds left. Aaron, you're an optimistic guy. Um, we got a lot of optimistic listeners, but I don't think anybody. I mean, I, I even looked across the court, and at some point in there, Scott had gone to, and again, it wasn't the whole time. He was jumped back up, but it was he was sitting over there with his coaches and on the bench. And I just kind of thought, golly, I mean, this must be the worst feeling. And to watch what happened 
over the next 10, 40, 10 minutes, 41 seconds of that game will be talked about for a long time. Now, would have been interesting to have seen, you know, how much of the storyline would have been, you, you know, the, the some people would have gone with the UNC meltdown. Others would have just been, you know, unbelievable comeback by Baylor. I already was seeing people saying the the officials were helping Baylor. Aaron, that's a new one for us, isn't it? I mean, I don't recall <laughs> Baylor <laughs> getting like a a ton of calls. I mean, I. I don't think that game was necessarily officiated Baylor's direction, except I will say, and I, the gentleman uh, sitting to my left, I mean, I kind of had to laugh. Uh, you know, it, it was uh, it, it was just kind of funny because, and I knew the one Big Twelve official was the uh, bald-headed guy, the one with the shaved head. That's the Big 12 official. It did feel like everything was going Baylor's way, namely because I think Baylor realized that they were going to let them play and let them be physical and let the traps happen. And and I think North Carolina was thinking, hey, you guys need to, you know, look out for us a little bit here. I mean, we're getting bumped and everything. I think Baylor adjusted to the style of play that the officials were uh, were using. And uh, I, I'm just uh, – I so from a pride standpoint in, in, in that program and my alma mater, Aaron, the team you grew up rooting for, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, because in a sense, I think what Baylor people, one of the biggest gut punches in that whole thing is that uh, the Bears <clears throat> had to – almost sort of deal with two losses. You know, you dealt with the fact that you were down and out, and nobody thought they had a chance, had a great crowd there, and then all of a sudden they make that comeback. The crowd got way back into the game. The Baylor crowd was going insane. There was a good number of UNC fans, there always are, but the Bears fans uh, certainly outnumbered UNC, as as it should be with, with the game in Fort Worth. And... And the Bears rode that wave. So, you know, much like there's two losses I think I'll always remember uh, in Baylor uh, fandom, in Baylor, you know, covering these games and going to these games as a fan over the years. One, as far as I'm talking about losing is concerned, now the, the most exciting one I'll, I'll, I'll always remember is destroying Gonzaga and, uh, and, and winning that national title. Nobody can ever take that one away from us. But... The Duke, that that scene in Houston when Baylor almost beat Duke into the Final Four was one of the proudest moments I've had as a Baylor grad because that crowd was unbelievable. The excitement, the number of fans, the noise level, uh, even in a football stadium like the NRG, that was that was a tremendous moment as a uh, as a Baylor alum fan. Uh, the the yeah, the Saturday was a different experience, but the the comeback was one of the coolest, most exciting. I mean, because I think Aaron, one of the reasons it was so unbelievable was because because it was so unexpected. Like I I just don't think anybody again the most optimistic you know Baylor fan thought. At one point, it was sixty-one thirty-eight. Then it was sixty-seven forty-two. Twenty-five point deficit. 
I just don't think anybody saw it coming. And then, all at once, this deluge of points, off traps. I mean, you just kept looking at the clock. Like, can they do that? Can they do that? Aaron, I even had moments in that game where I I sort of thought um, it was almost kind of like... you know, I, I I was trying to imagine like the Hoosiers music to the soundtrack or something, because it almost was kind of like that comeback was just so improbable or something that, that that music was sort of getting in my head as they continued to come back. And um, it was it was a sight to behold their courtside and um, just I. I I was I'm just amazed even now thinking back on what that was like, and when North Carolina missed the shot and the game went into overtime, Scott Drew threw up his arm. Uh, I mean he he went crazy. The fans were going crazy, and I I had this feeling like I was like did did Baylor win the game? Like I it was almost funny to watch. The emotion and the emotional release pour out with the players, the fans, the coaches. And for whatever reason, uh, I thought for all the money in the world that UNC was dead at that point. They had no shot. They had just witnessed and, and taken part in one of the greatest comebacks in March Madness history, maybe the greatest. And... Certainly, maybe the largest deficit. I think I heard that the other day, and it was it was wild to uh, to to sort of witness that. And then, Aaron, you know how funny it is that even with three or four minutes left, when the Bears were down by let's say eight or nine, or maybe even ten points, because of the momentum that they had gained, it it still you, you thought they might somehow try to pull it off, and then they did. What isn't it weird how you go to overtime, and then like a four point deficit feels like a lot? You know, like you just came back from twenty five, and yet they got down like eighty five, eighty one, or maybe seventy five, seventy one, and it felt like a bunch. Now, you know, overtime's a different animal, and it just kind of the whole thing just kind of feels uh, everything takes on a different feel to it. But uh, it was, uh, they came all the way back. It was awesome. And then they lose it, and they just, you know, it was just too bad because they get outscored. I think it was maybe 12 to 6 in the OT. Shoot one for nine, maybe. At one point I looked up there, and I think it was one for nine in the OT. Uh, and they lose that game to the Tar Heels. Now, we'll talk more about the women as the day unfolds. Aaron's put together some uh, some great uh, audio. We'll listen to some of the reaction from Scott Drew and, and Nikki Collin. Um, but, uh, Aaron, you know my weird travel schedule over the weekend, which included a quick flight out to uh, Corpus Christi on Sunday, and then I raced back in time for the Baylor women's game. The, uh, it was almost kind of like Sunday afternoon's game felt like just the part of just some, just one of the, (laughs) just a, just an awful weekend. So I don't know, Aaron, how you kind of interpreted or, or sort of, uh, 
uh, you know, you kind of, and again, we can hear from our people. Our number, if you want to, if you want to text us, it's 254-662-1660. Um, you can call us or text us on that CNC Collision Center text line. That's also the phone line. It's 254-662-1660. Later in the program, we'll, we'll certainly take some calls. We've got a guest coming up. But uh, you can certainly text us, and we'll read your text live on the air, uh, 254-662-1660. And I'd love to hear your opinions on on what you thought about this but Aaron as you were kind <clears> of <throat> dealing with this and and trying to figure out how to feel how how to feel about this weekend and what happened i mean it isn't that sort of amazing to go from the low i mean there's part of you that almost is like i i almost would rather them not have had the comeback i'm glad they did because it was one of the most exciting things I've ever witnessed. So it's like I'm not really disappointed that it happened, but from an emotional standpoint, I mean, have you, Aaron? I mean, ha, has it been a while since you've been that much of a of a, an emotional wreck in the second half of a basketball game? Yes, uh, and and I've I've made it a point to try not to not get as emotionally involved in in sports as I have in the past, especially like even before I. Quit, quit being a Cowboys fan. I had stopped being emotionally invested in the games. I still watched and rooted, but it wasn't the same thing. But I, I wasn't like that, and I'm not going to be like that with Baylor. I just, you know, I love Baylor athletics. I follow it. I support it. And so when it happens, it's draining. I, I was down the rest of the day. That's how much it affected me. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then Sunday – just topped it off uh bears losing to south dakota and uh my hat's off to uh to don that coach i'll i'll look at her name in a little while and, and have a go at it plu plitz zoo ski i'll i'll have another go at it later in the program but my goodness i i i was so impressed with that game plan that the uh the coyotes put together and uh, South Dakota came down and uh, uh, 10 seed. That's an unlucky draw because that's a really, really good team. And uh, Baylor was not the only one it happened to. Um, it's uh, It happened in some other parts of the country. And you saw other big-time teams go down to 10 seeds, in fact. Uh, and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not something uh, you see that often, but we saw it in the men's side with uh, St. Peter's. And St. Peter's is now advancing to the Sweet 16. So lots to get to today. And uh, we want this to be a place of healing and a place you can feel like you uh, can vent a little bit. So text us if you want to vent via text. Just pull off the road to do it. I don't think texting and driving is something we want to encourage at all. Uh, I think our officers who are out there listening to us would, would appreciate that public service announcement. But if you want to text us from a safe place... 254-662-1660. And later in the program, you can call us on that same number. Next, uh, we're going to talk to Kevin Lockwist. He was at the game, sitting over there near me. And uh, we'll continue to kind of hash this out, uh, what we saw, what what it was like, and, and where this thing is headed. We'll also kind of talk about uh, Aaron uh, will bring up a little bit later in Campus Confidential. Baylor has already lost a member of its uh, 
of its uh, coaching staff, and it is a longtime beloved member, and we'll discuss that as the day unfolds. All of that is next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy and windy this evening with scattered showers and thunderstorms. Some of these may be strong to severe in all modes of severe weather possible. We'll see lows drop to 53 degrees. And tomorrow with the cold front moving to our east, it'll be much cooler with clearing skies and breezy conditions and highs around 64. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time, we're joined now by Shehan Jayaraja from CBSSports.com. You will make more money as a Division One team of access to the NCAA tournament, and that comes with its own payout. You will get all of your games televised, usually on something like ESPN Plus or, or something like that. So there is money involved, but it's not game-changing money. You do kind of have to put the work in uh, and the finances in to be able to do that. Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. John Morris here, telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. Baylor Sports Beat, weekdays at 7.55 a.m. and 5.25 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental, they make work easier. City Ranch Boot Company has a new location and they can't wait to see you. Choose your skin. Choose your design. Let them create that perfect pair of boots, belt, wallet, or handbag. With over 30 years of leather industry, owner Jay Kelly and his team know their stuff. Design boots for the bride and groom or the entire wedding party. Put your company logo on boots as sales incentive or thank your employees. Incorporate your ranch brand or the name of your ranch as a gift for your family. Bring them in for a lifelong memory. City Ranch Boot Company, custom designed, locally owned, family operated, and Texas made. City Ranch Boot Company brings you a unique experience. Shop off the shelf or design yourself. City Ranch Boot Company, located at 10267 North River Crossing, just off Highway 6 and 185, next to the Joko Building. Call them at 254-855-7225. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. Or visit their website, cityranchboot.com. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Dallas Cowboys make some roster moves in free agency, signing defensive end Dante Fowler from the Falcons and add former Steer wide receiver James Washington, both on a one-year deal. Linebacker Leighton Vanderish also signed a one-year deal to stay with the Cowboys. Former Cowboys Lyle Collins signed a three-year deal with the Bengals. Over the past two years, Collins has missed 21 of 33 games for the Cowboys. Later men's and women's basketball both go out of the NCAA tournament on the same weekend, men losing to North Carolina and the women to South Dakota. Only Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas remain from the Big 12 in the men's side, and Iowa State and Texas move on, with OU and Kansas State both playing tonight to try to make it four teams from the Big 12 in the Sweet 16 on the women's side. Dallas Mavericks at home tonight, hosting Minnesota. Tip is at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and reacting to uh, extremely tough weekend for uh, Baylor men's and women's basketball. And there have been some tough ones <clears throat> over the years. Uh, obviously, because of the women's program, this is a this loss comes at a time where we've been more than a decade since something like this has happened. But, I, you know, I do think Baylor fans, uh, because of the huge success with men's and women's basketball, have probably become a, a little spoiled over the years. I welcome on uh, Kevin Longquist, who's covered Baylor for a good number of years, longtime friend and colleague of mine. And, Kevin, I was just talking about this idea of, I mean, all this happening, a brutal weekend for <clears throat> Baylor athletics. And then, of course, on Saturday – the baseball team on top of it blows an 8-5 lead in the bottom of the ninth. And I'm thinking, what else can go wrong today? And then, of course, something else went wrong on Sunday. Uh, Kevin, can you recall, you're always good at putting things in perspective, uh, can you recall a, uh, a a worse weekend for uh, uh, for Baylor in terms of wins or losses? Uh, not really, because there haven't been many like this uh, over the last decade plus. And, you know, because usually you could count on the women to get past the uh, first weekend of the tournament rather easily because they were playing their games at home. And I'm not so surprised that the men lost to North Carolina as I was the women lost to South Dakota on Sunday. And maybe more so about the women in the fact that they really never had a look at this game. I mean, they got it to a couple. They got it to maybe a two possession game on a couple of times, if I recall correctly. But when you fall into an eleven nothing hole and you look completely flat to start, and you just can't get over the mountain, especially at home, I mean, that was pretty much like um, nothing like I've ever seen before. And you know, it, it's just it's one of those things, Matt. That um, you know, you just kind of have to. Learn from it and try and become better for it. I mean, the one thing I can say, getting back to the men, was you saw the heart of a champion with a program like Baylor and how they were down by 25. And maybe the fact that Brady Maddock got ejected because of the elbow, the flagrant two, and the way they put on the, the press where North Carolina acted like it had never seen one before. But the way that they rose up and got that thing into overtime like they did, the largest comeback in NCAA tournament history, it just kind of shows you what that program's all about. 
you know, <clears throat> I, you, <clears throat> I think that was going to be, um, and, and it, I guess it may still be a record as far as overcoming a deficit. Obviously, it becomes a bigger deal if they go ahead and win the game. I was trying to think back, Kevin. I remember one of those basketball tournaments, um, non-conference type deal, where they they were down, I think, to Louisville and Patino a few years back, and they were way down at the half, and they came rolling back. Uh, I do think it speaks to the character of the team. I, I think the frustrating thing for Scott and the staff and the players as well is how do you – how do you find yourself getting in that type of hole? And much like what you said, you know, before that uh, inspiring comeback, I mean, it was like, in my mind, I was just like, stay connected, stay connected. You should be okay. Uh, if you just get to the half, you know, maybe seven or eight points. There was a point in that game, Kevin, where it was 16 to 10. They're fine. They're not in a bad way or anything. And then there was a there was a technical foul. And, right. and that really put them in a bad way. I, I think that ended up being a five-point possession for the Tar Heels. And, and man, at, at 21-10, that suddenly became a pretty, a pretty big uphill climb, especially since that R.J. Uh, was uh, Davis was mm-hmm. hitting everything. And then, of course, Manic got going like crazy. I mean, he was an okay player at Oklahoma. I mean, he was fine. But I, I honestly don't ever remember him just going off on Baylor like that. I think it was probably Brady's first game against them when, uh, like, like maybe the seventeen eighteen season. Because I happened to look at this, his history against Baylor up until uh, Saturday. I think he was like one in seven lifetime against the Bears, and he won. And I think that W was his first one in his first appearance. I think he scored like twenty eight or something like that. But you're right. You know, the twenty one to ten deficit. I actually became a little bit more alarmed. At twenty-four to ten, and then they, and then as they started to surge back, there were <clears throat> possessions where they miss a couple of shots. I think Flagler miss, missed one, and Sohan missed one. That are like, if you hit those shots, you're really putting yourself in a good position. I think they were down like thirty-one twenty-four, and if they hit the three, which I think was coming off the hands of Flagler, that puts them to within thirty-one twenty-seven. And I'm thinking, man, if they get those, maybe you you kind of put yourself in a better position. And then when it went to the half at forty-two twenty-nine. I didn't have a good feeling about this at all. And then, of course, it got even worse when it got to 25, and I thought – and it's funny because I just looked at a colleague of mine who was sitting right next to me on, on press row, and I said, okay, this is about the time where North Carolina is going to start to get into game management mode. And that was right before the ejection of Manic, and then uh, Drew went to the press. And that's when the game flipped. And then the atmosphere at Dickey's Arena, for those who are there, you can appreciate – what Matt and I uh, saw and were a part of. But if you weren't, it was outstanding. It was a great college basketball scene, for sure. It just didn't turn out Baylor's way in the overtime. Yeah, I'm trying to remember at the start of the OT. You know what was interesting to me, Kevin, is is they went small, and, and they, they realized that in, in order to – and again, I think Sohan – uh, one of the reasons NBA teams love him so much, some of his nasty defense was on mm-hmm. display, and and he's going to be a problem in the NBA because he gets under people's skin. He does not back down. And I, I do find it funny that, that uh, such a 
soft-spoken, diplomatic, almost kind of an old soul at age 18 can be <laughs> that nasty, you know, on the floor. He, he doesn't, that's not the way he comes across off the court and no. uh, at all. And, uh, and I thought that was, uh, but what I was going to say to you, I thought that was interesting that, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, to start the OT, Flo, who was not on the floor basically throughout that huge comeback, for right. for various reasons. Okay, you didn't. You really needed to go small, and you needed to to junk that game up. Right, you they, needed jump shots. Yeah, yeah. But you. But what what was interesting is they had that huge comeback, and then I kind of thought, well, okay, you just stay with what got you back in it. They came back with flow. So in a sense, they they kind of started the OT. Uh, Flo had been in foul trouble, and obviously he went on to foul out soon after. But but I thought that was interesting. I think Kendall um, started the OT on the bench. Maybe Meyer, because I think Bonner was in there. So right. Meyer, and, and I think we found out later, Meyer had been sick and that kind of stuff. But I just thought that was, uh, uh, again, I'm not really questioning Scott as much as I'm just like, that was an interesting choice it, now that I kind of look back at everything. Yeah, I think, Matt, I mean, you kind of go with the hot hand of what the lineup did that, that got you to the overtime. But for me, the whole key to this thing was the fact, remember, North Carolina got the opening possession of the overtime, and then they hit a three right as the shot clock expires on that opening possession. I think the whole key to this, even as great as the comeback was, is that Baylor never took the lead. They got it tied, of course, but they never took the lead. And I think mentally speaking, if you're the team that's made the comeback all the way and then you get the lead, it's almost, and we've seen this so many times before in other games, that when you finally get the lead, there's like a, there's like a mental shift. It kind of, it's like a 180. You feel like you're in control, and even though it might be a one- or two-point game or something like that, you feel like it's 10. And, you're the t- and if you're the team that suddenly finds itself behind after basically having the lead throughout the game, you're all of a sudden panicking or something like that. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we have to go for it because we're now trailing for the first time. It's a different mentality. So I think that's one of the key things there. You know, Again, if Baylor had gotten the lead in, at any point in the overtime, because it wasn't going to happen in regulation because uh, they tied it so late, um, if, if they had just found a way to get, it, get the lead in overtime, I think we could have seen talking about Baylor uh, going to Philadelphia. It just didn't turn out that way. Yeah, you and I would have been putting our trips together, kind of getting everything <laughs> fixed yeah. up. And, and uh, you know, I spent a lot of time in Philly because covering the Eagles. And uh, uh, you, you were a known Eagles hater, so I think uh, I think you've spent as little time there as possible. But uh, I, I was kind of curious, talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals, you can follow him at, at Sikkim Sports. Uh, and... Uh, and then at Baylor Rivals, he's the man. He's kind of like his burner phone. He has a burner uh, Twitter <laughs> handle as well that he puts some of his private thoughts out there. But right. uh, I, 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 I guess the biggest difference in, in how that deficit came about, and, and by the way, they had a deficit against Villanova in mm-hmm. last year's uh, tournament, and they were able to overcome it. But. Not that big, but but no, but it was somewhat of a deficit. I think they were down nine at the half or something Something like that, that, seven or nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that team's identity was its 
unbelievable defense. Now, they hit threes. They had great players and all that. I mean, this team certainly was not close to as deep as that team and, and not as talented. Uh, but but the weird thing about this year is when you look back to what they did, Kevin, against Villanova, a team that uh, was able to hang around the tournament for a little bit. I guess still in there. They're going Sweet 16, aren't they, Villanova? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. They sure are. Um, yeah, they beat Ohio I, State yesterday. Yeah. I, I, they, they put that team in a headlock and held them to like 36 points or something insane like that. If you think back to November or early December, whenever that game happened, probably, probably early December, um, I, I don't know what happened, uh, other than EJ's big from a defensive standpoint. Losing him was big, but to to get obliterated by three point shooting is just so, and it, I guess it was just so uncharacteristic, especially of last year's team. Uh, it was weird to be that good on defense earlier this season and then to have what happened the other day. I just think it was a, a culmination because that team was healthy at the beginning of the season. Now, that's why they were running off to that 15-0 start and number one ranking. And I think, you know, you you, you had the issue with when they lost that, that game to Tech at home, uh, you know, they had the big lead at the half, or they had the big lead early, and then they had like, a, what was it, a 10-point lead at the half, and then Tech just came storming back and found a way to win in Waco. I, I think that kind of started, that's, of course, when, when the, the the injuries had kind of started the week before when Sohan went down with the sprained ankle at TCU, but then Akinjo goes down with the tailbone issue, uh, doesn't play very well. They lo- they wind up losing to Oklahoma State at home right after Tech. Yeah, and they look very more and they look very mortal after that. They just looked like they were out of sync, out of sorts, and you know, just trying to get back. I mean, to think about it, uh, Matt. What they fin- they finished twenty seven and seven. So when they got off to that fifteen and zero start, they finished the year twelve and seven. Uh, you know, they still find a way to share the Big 12 championship, which I didn't think they were going to have a chance to do yeah. you know, the way things were going, especially when they lost in Lubbock. So credit them. I think they just, again, when you have injuries, you don't, your best shooter on, you, you basically didn't have your best shooter for the last seven weeks of the season. You lost your best guy coming off the bench in Jonathan Chachua when he goes down against Texas on February 12th. And so all these roles have to flip. Your bench is shorter, and then things change. So the team that we saw that pretty much put it on Villanova back in mid-December was nothing like the team that we saw that finished the season this past Saturday against North Carolina. But to still find a way to share a conference championship, yeah. defend your title in earnest like they did, and get and, and, and unfortunately lose to North Carolina in overtime um, – it shows you where the substance of the program is. Now, obviously, Scott's going to do some things with his staff, with Jerome Tang now going to Kansas State, uh, which is a great move for Jerome, by the way. So congratulations to him. Um, but, at, but at the same time, you know, he, he's got some roster things that he's got to look at because does Akinjo come back? Mayor likely is not going to come back, but does he want to change his mind and come back? Would Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan – would they declare, but would they not get an agent, you know, that sort of thing? Or would they just say because of their draft stock being as high as it is, we're gone? I happen to think that those two are pretty much out the door. But then you've got a great recruiting class coming in. Langston Love's coming back from his ACL injury that he suffered back prior to the season. Yeah. So a lot of things to shape with this roster. And I, you know, they'll be a preseason top 10, top 15 team next year for sure. All right. Well, we'll – uh 
I'll let you go with that. I've got thoughts on this K-State job. I'm excited for Jerome, too. That's a tough, tough job. We can talk more it about is. that. And, and and I also, if we're complimenting people, Kevin, that job the uh, coach at South Dakota did yesterday, whoa. Now, that's somebody mm-hmm. coming in with a game plan, and um, that is, uh, that's remarkable stuff. And uh, you're You've got roots in the in in Minnesota, uh, so you know I I think you probably have some some uh, affection for the folks from like South Dakota and North Dakota, well, and uh, that that was some uh, that was some good that was some good I'd say they kind of talk there's like similar accents is what I'm getting yeah. at, but yeah. I'm just telling you the fans that showed up and the excitement is is as bad as I felt for Nikki and the Baylor players. Um, when you see those kinds of uh, teams come in and pull that off, that's a huge deal. That's a that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a program changing deal. So yeah. uh, I I try to look at that side of it. Uh, although selfishly, you know, I'm still would way rather beat them. But I'm just saying it. I thought it was uh, I thought it was pretty remarkable. All right, kind, Kevin. Kind of like uh, I'm going to yeah, kind of like Saint. Yeah, Peter's go ahead. Ken, uh, Kentucky. Well, I was just going to say quickly, just like Saint Peter's. Yeah. Over. Kentucky in the tournament so yeah yeah well I was more than happy to see that I I had no problem cheering for that I had a big problem rooting for the I I was not rooting for the South Dakota Coyotes Um, my gosh though that that was some kind of game plan and uh, those farm girls came in and were hitting a lot of shots all right uh, Kevin all my best all right have a have a good rest of the week trying to get your chin up and uh and let's uh, let's focus on some different. Let's focus on baseball, okay? Yep, and and football starting tomorrow. So, uh, thanks, Matt. Always good to talk with you. Take care. Okay, thank you, Kevin. That is right. Spring football, Aaron. Let's remember that. Let's do something big on that tomorrow. And uh, man, I may show up. See if I can take a peek in there. See what the spring. Golly, that is very exciting. Spring football. The defending Big Twelve champs back in action. And uh, we will uh, we'll kind of be talking about that as we go. All right. Uh, next, though, is Campus Confidential. A uh, a Baylor assistant is hired. We discuss it next. Recently on the John Moore Show. Chris Level, our guest, Texas Tech Sports Network. Has this year been seems like more of a meat grinder than we've ever had in the Big Twelve? A thousand percent. Yeah, I, I feel like the referees aren't calling as many fouls. I feel like every night is a rock fight because I think teams are struggling to score it, 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 because the defenses are so good. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. 
in the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly, and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather, and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan, and at pioneerboys.com. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. ESPN Central Texas is 1660 AM, 92.3 FM, and 100.9 FM. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include any one meat plate with two sides for only $8.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our edge checking or savings accounts and earn interest, cash back, or free digital downloads. With five locations, managing your money has never been easier. And check out the new bear statues at our downtown Waco location across I-35 from Baylor. TFNB Your Bank for Life, member FDIC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Dallas Cowboys make some roster moves and free agency signing defensive end Dante Fowler from the Falcons and add former Steeler wide receiver James Washington both on a one-year deal. Linebacker Leighton Vanderish also signed a one-year deal to stay with the Cowboys. Former Cowboys Lyle Collins signed a three-year deal with the Bengals. Over the past two years, Collins has missed 21 of 33 games for the Cowboys. Later, men's and women's basketball both go out of the NCAA tournament on the same weekend, men losing to North Carolina and the women to South Dakota. Only Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas remain from the Big 12 in the men's side, and Iowa State and Texas move on, with OU and Kansas State both playing tonight to try to make it four teams from the Big 12 in the Sweet 16 on the women's side. Dallas Mavericks at home tonight, hosting Minnesota. Tip is at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Artist Matt Mosley. It's a gray day. It's a stormy day. Bears lose. Bears lose. Uh, men and women, they'll be back. They'll be back. And uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one, but I think it speaks to... Uh, uh, some of the success they've had that uh, that it probably uh, hurts as much as it does. Again, continue to send us your text messages and thoughts. 
Uh, Aaron started to say thoughts and prayers. Uh, 254-662-1660. If you want to offer a prayer up via text, that's fine, too. Uh, that's the CNC Collision Center text line, 254 662 1660. And again, we'll talk some uh, women's basketball uh, as the Bears lose to the Coyotes. We'll do that uh, at 5 o'clock with Chad Conine, who writes for the Waco Trib. And uh, Chad does a good job on that beat and uh, looking forward to visiting with him. All right, Aaron, what do you have for us in Campus Confidential? Congratulations to now former Baylor assistant head coach Jerome Tang, as he is the, or will be, if they haven't made the official announcement yet, but uh, he will be the next men's oh, they, basketball head coach at Kansas State. Did they actually make the announcement? They were supposed to yeah, I was going to tell you, uh, they have now put out a tweet from K-State, either athletics or K-State basketball, with the official news, and, and they used, I, I made a joke of this, Aaron, I thought you would appreciate it, um, they used his Baylor clothing to put a KSU logo on. So I don't know if that's something we need to fight, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, they have now come public. And I believe the the news conference, which will probably be open to fans and all that kind of stuff. You know you know, Jerome. We've had him on a million times here. He'll, he will put on a show, and it'll be great. It'll be from the heart, and uh, he's a former pastor, but uh, he will, uh, they'll do that news conference, I believe, tomorrow. And, uh, and then when, at the appropriate time, Jerome will obviously be on our program. Now, have I hit up Jerome many, many times today to make that time today? Yes, I have. Will I be upset with Jerome if he doesn't come on today? Yes, I will. No, I'm just kidding. It'll be fine. I'll I'll let Jerome. We'll just work on Jerome Jerome's timeline here. Okay, uh, and uh, I don't think I can get in trouble. No, I don't think I can. I think I can go straight to Jerome at this point. All right, Aaron. What? Yeah. What else? I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted you. You're in the middle of all your Jerome Tang. And by the way, did you see, Aaron? We already have the uh, the contract numbers for Jerome. I did not see that. As the as the uh, Oh, Raftery once said, send it in, Jerome. $2.1 million per season. Okay, it's a little bit of a raise. I bet I bet Jerome was up there around seven, 800000 Maybe, you know, at least, maybe at least five or six at Baylor. But $2.1, you can get a new pair of shoes with that. Should be okay. You can go out and get a lot of groceries because Jerome loves to cook. He's into the cooking channel, so there's a lot of things you can buy with $2.1 million a year. It'll go up by 100000 every year. That contract's through 2028. Should be making about $2.8 million by the time 2028 comes. I mean, I, Jerome probably could have held out for more if I'd have been his agent, but uh, but I, don't, I, don't, I think Jerome was very excited to be a head coach, and I think that is a tremendous amount of money, obviously, so I'm not going to question whatever Jerome decided to do. Uh, but uh, $2.1 a year to be the new head coach at Kansas State. Golly, that's a tough place to play, uh, to coach, I would think. It is, and I just wish it wasn't in the Big 12. I'm so happy for Coach Tang to finally get that opportunity, but, you know, it's it's tough when it's in the same conference. But he, uh, Well, I mean, to your point, Aaron, I, Scott, as far as I know, you'll notice that UNT is never on the schedule. 
Oral Roberts is never on the schedule. North Florida, where uh, where Matt Driscoll is it Matt Matthew Driscoll, yeah Matt uh, went never on the schedule. Wherever Moorfield was before he was coaching at Mary Harden Baylor, never on the schedule. I mean these these uh, he does not like coaching. Sometimes people will do that against their old assistants and think it's fun or whatever. Scott does not like to do it, so. Um, having to play against Jerome twice a year, they will remain great friends. Now, it doesn't mean Jerome's not going to bring it in the recruiting world because, my goodness, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I'm worried Jerome may be on his way to Lake Highlands, Texas to recruit the greatest sophomore in the country, Trey Johnson, as we speak. I mean, I may... I may, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, Aaron. I'm, a, I'm a little bit worried about that. But Jerome, if anybody can win big at Kansas State, it'll be Jerome because he, he knows how to recruit. It's all. I, I'm with you though. Uh, I, I don't love going against him, um, and I don't love the job. I, I, I love the opportunity for him. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I think there are other places where I would look and go. Yeah, you can win big there. K-State is incredibly tough because they almost never get past Kansas. One year, they uh, in recent years, Weber did share a Big 12 title. I think that did happen, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. But for the most part, you always play second fiddle to Kansas in your own state. I think it's an incredibly tough job at times. They've done well there. I think Frank Martin had a nice run. Uh, I think our, our man Huggins was only there like a year before Frank Martin took over. And then uh, Weber had some good years. He really did. Uh, but I, I, I would just say if I'm talking about like the, the, the easy places to win, that would be pretty far at the bottom of that list. But, again, Jerome has earned this opportunity and I'm very excited for him, and and I wish him ext- well, and I will root for him against everybody uh, except the Bears. Absolutely, he, uh, Coach Tang taking the uh, Kansas State job was one of few openings that got filled in the last few days. LSU is expected to hire Murray State's Matt McMahon as the school's next basketball coach. Sources told ESPN McMahon comes to LSU from Murray State, where he recruited and coached John Morant and won NCAA tournament games in both 2019 and this year after leading Murray State to a 31-3 record in the school's fourth regular season conference championship in the last five years. McMahon is headed to Baton Rouge as the Tigers' next head coach. He is 43 and considered one of the uh, best up-and-coming young coaches in the country. He's won a little bit under 70% of his games at Murray State in seven seasons there and reached three NCAA tournaments over the last five seasons. He'll replace Will Wade at LSU, who was fired prior to the NCAA tournament after receiving a lengthy notice of allegations from the NCAA tied to his tenure there. While the school has yet to release the terms of the deal, McMahon is expected to relieve a long contract that accounts for the potential of NCAA sanctions for those allegations tied to Wade's tenure. Yeah, and... and, uh... You know, Scott knew that he was going to have all sorts of allegations or, or uh, 
uh, you know, NCAA probation type stuff when uh, when he took over the Baylor job after the 2003 scandal. Uh, he obviously took over in 2004. So I, I don't think it'll be quite like that, but it might not be good. I mean, I, with that, with with what happened to Scott back then, and what happened to the Baylor program, uh, there was one year they didn't even have a non-conference schedule. Uh, Aaron, they just went straight to. I mean, they had to sit that all that out and just practice, and then they got ready to go and played a conference schedule. They certainly are not going to do that to LSU, but uh, good hire, good coach. Aaron, how long did you say he'd been at Murray State? Did you say four years? Or did I? Did you say? I thought I was trying to listen earlier, and I can't remember. I was just thinking about the fact that uh, that's where John ja Morant played, right? He, he was there seven seasons, but he seven had them in, had okay. them in the tournament um, three of the last five years. Okay, so had a good run there, a good long run, and then and then obviously had a guy that is a program-changing type player uh, who's gone on to be an incredible NBA player. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you do something for seven years, um, and Aaron, I like it when you call guys who's 43, you know, a young up-and-coming coach, okay, because that's (laughs) fairly close to our age, so I kind of like that. Um, Okay, Aaron, what else do you have for us, sir? Maryland has hired their new basketball head, head basketball coach. It's Seton Hall's Kevin Willard. That was announced today by the school. Willard arrived in College Park after 12 seasons at Seton Hall. He gets a seven-year deal that averages more than $4 million per year, which puts him near the top of Big Ten basketball coaches' salaries, according to ESPN. Williams had been considered a favorite in the Maryland search since the job opened in December following Mark Turgeon's resignation. Seton Hall has missed the NCAA tournament just once since 2015. Uh, and uh, they, this year, closed out the regular season, winning eight of their final ten regular season games. Their season ended with a 69-42 loss to TCU in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Seton Hall has finished in the top half of the Big East in each of the past seven seasons. In 12 seasons with Seton Hall, Willard's overall record was 225 and 161. He replaces Turgeon, who guided Maryland to five NCAA tournaments in 10 seasons before suddenly stepping down in December. Yeah, I don't know if I ever totally understood that. Like if they forced Turgeon out or, I mean, you know, he'd had a pretty good career and did a nice job at A&M. And I don't think it was scandal, really. Uh, but So I don't, uh, I, I never totally understood that, but... Uh, uh, it's a it's a rich basketball history at Maryland. Um, they've they've kind of been up and down in recent years. I, I think you would just call Turgeon's uh, reign there is very uneven, not horrible, not great. So uh, pretty good hire, and and that opens up the Seton Hall uh, job, and, and pretty much everybody thinks former Seton Hall player Shaheen. Holloway? Shaheen? What's Shaheen's last name? Anyway, he's the coach at St. Peter's, which as a 15 seed obviously pulled off the upset of the tournament and then just kept right on going. And I believe it was at St. Peter's who knocked out Murray State. I think it was. I'm just making yes. sure there's so many games i got to keep it straight in my mind. But uh, Shaheen, the St. Peter's coach, 
would be the the favorite to to get that Seton Hall job because he's just uh, he's uh, he's from that you know he played he played there and is uh, considered already a very hot name especially what he's uh, accomplished at St. Peter's. Anything else, Aaron? Before we get to our five o'clock guest, uh, real quickly, Oklahoma State has hired a new women's head basketball coach. It's Kansas City's J.C. Hoyt. Uh, Hoyt went 81-65 and 65 during her five-year stint as Kansas City's coach. In 2020, she led the Roos to the WAC regular season conference championship, the first time in program history, and was the league's coach of the year. This year, the Roos finished third in the Summit League and made their first postseason appearance in a decade, Kansas City losing to Northern Iowa in the women's NIT. So, Oklahoma State has Wait, who is who are, who, who are the Roos? Can't... Kansas City, I, I don't even totally know that university. What, what are we? I'm not what familiar are they, with what it is that? Kansas City University, the uh, Kansas City University Kangaroos. I had never heard of it until I saw this article with uh, Oklahoma State hiring her as the new women's head basketball coach. Yeah, that's I, interesting. I thought Kansas I'd heard of every City. every university in the country. Yeah, can so Kansas City University. That's interesting. That the only thing. I can think of is years and years ago, Baylor had a player transfer to something that sounds like that. The ruse, it's all kind of coming back to me, but uh, that's a, that's a fascinating hire and uh, at Oklahoma state. So that's not that far down the road. Uh, I'm trying to, I asked somebody what the, what the trip was from like Stillwater and Norman and all that. It's about five or six, seven hours, something like that. So, uh, uh, knows that part of the country a little bit and uh, has had a lot of success. Um, I would have thought they would have gone from somebody from a bigger place, but you know what? I, I admire people who do their homework and, and decide, you know what, this person has done great in the Summit League. By the way, you know who else is from the Summit League, Aaron? No. South Dakota. Oh, wow. The evil South Dakota Coyotes. They always win the Summit League in women's basketball. All right, speaking of women's basketball, the beat writer for the uh, Baylor Bears is Chad Conine from the uh, Waco Trib, and he's going to join us and discuss ooh, that tough ending to the season next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Tax season brings a lot of uncertainty for everyone, but especially for investors. I'm Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. We can help you navigate the complexities of tax laws and build a financial portfolio that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Some things never change, like the commitment to service and protection the Nietzsche Group Insurance Agency has offered since 1949. Whether you're needing a new business policy to get your operations up and running, adding cyber liability for a remote workforce, or if you're needing to pause your current coverage, our team is here for the protection you need when you need it. Whatever your coverage needs, talk to the experts that care. Call the Nietzsche Group to discuss your personal, commercial, and bonding insurance needs at 1-800-258-8302. 
StarTex Propane has been servicing McLennan and surrounding counties since 1976. This local and family-owned business is happy to take care of all your commercial and residential propane needs, including tank service, refills, outdoor kitchens, grills, fireplace units, turkey fryers, and fish cookers. StarTex offers competitive pricing that will meet or beat their competitors. So head on over to their website, StarTexPropane.com, or stop by the Big Red Building on LaSalle Avenue and join the more than 14,000 customers in Central Texas that choose StarTex Propane for all their propane needs. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with Case Construction Equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case Equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Marineland Boating Center, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, we're we're going through the five. We're 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 giving you everything we've got today. It's a tough weekend for Baylor men's and women's uh, basketball. And Chad Codine, uh, Waco Trib, uh, longtime uh, writer there, has covered the Baylor women for uh, several years now. And um, yeah, the past four. Chad, I, how's it going, Matt? Yeah. Hey, good. Good to visit with you. And I. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I got to overhear last night because we were in there for the post game, and uh, right. you were having to basically hand over a really nice hotel room in Wichita <laughs> to somebody from South Dakota, and I felt bad. I mean, that looked like a going to be a was going to be a nice hotel, um, and uh, and it just um, Chad. I guess you, I, you know, it's just I think we're spoiled, or our you know Baylor alums get spoiled because. For so many years, this you know you just expect Sweet Sixteen's a given, and so well, maybe if this does anything, is it just kind of uh, recalibrates things and it sort of makes you realize how good you had it, so to speak. 
That's true. And if you look at the men's tournament um, in particular, you don't see teams that go to the Sweet 16 13 years in a row. You know? No. I mean, uh, everybody has their turn of getting upset in the first round or the second round, as, as the Baylor men found out this weekend. Um, I, I, I had booked a nice hotel in Wichita and was all ready to uh, – Go spend a few days there and get to know. I, I have been th- through Wichita a lot of times on the way to the College World Series or to Kansas City or things like that, and uh, just kind of blew by, you know. And um, I was thinking, you know, well, I'll get to know it a little bit better. Maybe even slide over to Hutchinson, Kansas, and see if I can get over to, on Prairie Dunes, you know. But um, ooh, yeah, not to be, not to be. Yeah, that uh, playing prairie... prairie Dunes in the spring, you might just blow away. I don't know. <laughs> that's uh that they've played some big 12 tournaments there and that that's a very familiar course to me tournament yeah oh that's yeah. it wow yeah. yeah yeah they like to do things close ncaa had some big time headquarters in overland parks and that may i don't know i don't right. know if they still have oversight well, uh, there or whatever yeah, yeah. Prairie Dune is also a, a top 10 course in the country you know by some ratings so i, I played yeah. with my dad one time back in 2014 um, oh, but I, we're off topic now a little bit. <laughs> no, hey, you let me worry about that. I don't mind going off topic a little bit. I like talking about golf. I, I, I'm almost a, a trying to avoid having to talk about this. Um, the uh, the Coyotes come in, and uh, Chad, you gotta uh, you gotta take your hat off sometimes, and you gotta mm-hmm. say, uh, I know your story, and the bigger story to most of the country is Melissa Smith just didn't in what is the final game of her college career she didn't it didn't work out she had a poor game mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to do with what South Dakota did I, I, I kind of wanted to get your perspective what did you see South Dakota do from your perspective and did it align with uh, this is a loaded question now uh, with what Nikki was saying I, I, I was kind of curious did you did that resonate with you that there was a lot of holding going on because that was uh, that was kind of interesting to hear her take on all that uh, you know I, I could see throughout the game in fact they had called something on Queen on one end uh, when they were jostling for position and she just let the referee have it that, that they were doing that on, on the other end as well um, it's uh you know, I mean, they, they were getting Alyssa the ball a lot at the top of the key, and when they did that, it seemed like, I don't know, it, it was just really good de- team defense on South Dakota's part. In fact, um, I was watching in the first half, and I thought they were playing a 2-3 zone, and then and then at the second half, I'm like, no, they're playing a man, and, and then I was second-guessing myself. Was Baylor just <laughs> playing a five-out so it looked like a 2-3 zone? You know, I, it was hard to tell. Yeah. But, um, well, I, you know, it, it's hard to say. I haven't watched any film. You know, i kind of been recovering today mostly uh, on it. But um, one thing is that it was just one of those days when Alyssa's shot was, was uh, hitting the front of the rim, you know. And how many balls, you know, hit the rim in two different places and, and went out for the, for the Baylor women last night? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. It it um, there were there was some of that, and and then there was mm-hmm. some of they just got jumped on in a hurry, and and that mm-hmm. I, I thought Chad kind of talking to Chad Conine uh, from the Waco Trib covers the uh, Baylor women does a really nice job on that beat, and it's been a very important beat in women's college basketball, and um, you know I mean it's part of it is 
you got to cover it when it's good. you got to cover it when it's bad. And, and everybody feels uh, from that program, and everybody feels bad, although there's been a lot of highs this year. There's been a lot of good moments. I would say in that game, though, Chad, when they got it to 23-18, in my mind, everything was going to kind of calm down, and they could settle in and just sort of let their athletic dominance, in a sense, take over. And it, and, it, and it was like the end of that half just completely got away from them, though. And and it went the other direction. Is that kind of how you felt there where it was like, okay, they're in it, they're fine, everything settled down, and then suddenly it got away from them again? I, I don't know that I ever thought that Baylor had turned the momentum in, in any mm. way last night. Um, mm. I just thought, I mean, I, I was sitting there going, man, this is like, this is like watching Hickory in the movie Hoosiers. Their intensity, South Dakota's intensity, their control of the game, they're doing what they wanted to do the way they wanted to do it. I mean, it was just – they just played a perfect basketball game for them. And and even in the fourth quarter when they weren't scoring, they were using every second of the shot clock. And, and I don't think um, – in, in Baylor's case, like you said, you, you get it to a certain score and you think, okay, Baylor's athleticism is going to take over – and I think maybe if Baylor had had them, it's hard to say what mindsets are, but like, I don't know that they were ever like, all right, let's see if we can get it to nine. Let's see if we can get it to seven and kind of chip away like that. It's almost like they were trying to have 15 point possessions, which you can't do. Mm. I, and that's, yeah. that's not really a fair criticism because I can't point to things tangibly and say they did this and they did this and they did this and that, that's why. But it just felt like they were trying to make it a comeback all at once instead of piece by piece. Well, at one point, Chad, the uh, Baylor women went with three bigs and tried to wall things off, and and it, it um, you know, from a defensive yeah. standpoint, they did slow South Dakota down. The problem was mm-hmm. they they were mm-hmm. getting stops and they weren't getting it done uh, on the other side. So it um, it's it's that it, it came up, and you you remember some of these games this year. Missouri might have been one of those games. Michigan might have been one of those games that I'm thinking about. It, with Sarah and Jamie, uh, you know, and some of the some of these um, smaller guards, um, uh, you know, it it at times when they encountered these really big six foot type guards, that became a problem. And uh, boy, South Dakota did have some size, although. I guess we'd have to admit, Chad, that the 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 uh, young lady that was guarding uh, Melissa was about five ten, and and mm-hmm. you know gave up a, a couple of inches to Melissa. So, but do you do you feel like maybe some of that size, kind of even all season, maybe even a, in a couple of those Oklahoma losses, gave these gave the Bears some problems? Well, I think the Oklahoma comparison is really good because, you know, Maddie Williams is a guard forward type that has the mm-hmm. size, uh, you know, to, to match up with Melissa if she has to. But also, you know, when you're covering up Jordan and J- Jordan and Jamie and Sarah with a 5'10 guard, then that, that gives you an advantage in those spots. And it's almost like if you can keep them from going off, you can handle if Melissa makes 10 of 12, you know. Yeah, and uh, so I think that was. I mean, I just don't understand. It's hard to it's hard to understand why South Dakota 
executed their game plan so well against Baylor, and Iowa State never came close to that because player to player, they seem similar. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, teams are going to come out, hit some threes. I think they average about six made threes a game. I heard somebody say, and they had six of those at halftime. Yeah, that's, um, not, that's not very many. And, and and they're really more of a put their head down and get to the basket type of team. And they were able to adapt uh, in, in the way they did that. And, you know, uh, Coach Plitzewhite uh, said, you know, when, when Shervin hit that three-pointer to start the game, they all kind of smiled and settled down a little bit. And maybe sometimes it's as simple as that. You hit a shot early and you think, okay, we can do this. Yeah, and and by the way, Baylor's not the only uh, seed, you know, two or three seed or whatever that got knocked off in this tournament. Uh, it happened. Now, Chad, you can't. The it's inevitable that in the the following. Um, I mean, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, and it sort of takes a special somebody's got to be wired the right way to follow a Kim Mulkey. Uh, it's inevitable it's going to come up because they they went to twelve straight. And obviously that rain ended, and of course Kim's still in the tournament in playing tonight. Um, mm-hmm. You got to be around Nikki and the staff more than just about anybody because you were there game after game. You were at pretty much all these road games as well. Um, a few of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of yeah, a lot of in them. In the ages, um, you get to talk to them after games more than you would have before. On, and, you true, know, places like Iowa State, wherever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to get after Bryce for not blowing out the budget. But uh, uh, I am, uh, I am uh, uh, curious. What was the biggest difference you saw? And 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 now that we finished the season, how, what? How would you assess it? Do you feel like um, you know what? Where are the what? What's the best thing Nikki brought? And what do you think are her biggest areas of growth? Um. Like like potential to grow or, or yeah like, yeah where where do you um, think she could Im- improve the the most because obviously it's her first time ever being a head college basketball coach and I'm sorry a big right. time huge college program is way different than a WNBA head coach and I think she would admit that yeah that's true um, you know er- everything that that uh, she presented and was presented about her when she was hired in in early May last year about being a player's coach, about caring more about the person that's playing for than all of that, that, that came through a lot. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that over the years you've, you've seen a lot of both types, you know, um, taskmaster type of coaches and players coaches and, and there's there's pros and cons to both uh and i don't i mean i don't know i, I can't say well she was she wasn't hard enough on him in this category or whatever or, or that yeah category, but I, it was clear she cared a lot about players and then yeah but you know kim always um at least at least the the, the players that were all in with kim kim cared a lot about yeah, you know, you, you you could tell, and they care a lot about her. Um, if somebody if somebody was maybe on the fringe, maybe wasn't all in, they weren't going to be there long. And Kim didn't seem to mind too much, you know, because there it was a revolving door of players. You know, that that group of five that came in together, 
only three of them are here now, you know, and, and I think only maybe three of them were here last year. And so it's, um, it was her way or the highway. And I don't know, yeah. I don't know with Nikki if it's going to be her way or the highway or not. Uh, you know, they're, like, I know that Jamie Asbury, uh, is, is very much, uh, uh, conscious of her shooting percentage at any given moment and whether she's hot or not. Well, that doesn't work real well when the coach needs you to make shots or y'all are going to lose to South Dakota. You know, you got to, you got to get out there and you got to take the shot and you got to make the shot. That's all. I mean, it, it's as, it's as tough as, as that. And it's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, in, in like with, with Jordan, think back to that. I, her dad and, and, and leaving, uh, Alabama and that, that decision was made so much about Kim Mulkey. That's a, that's a really tough thing to have happen, to come down, go through the transfer, be one of the best players, if the, maybe the best player at Alabama, and you want to go play for – I mean, that's a tough – golly. And, and I would say, mm-hmm. in my opinion, Chad, that is one of the things I think real positives you could say about Nikki is that she took some kids that were in state of flux – and a really mm-hmm. tough situations, and made the best out of it, and and made those those girls believe in what she did. Now, on the flip side, now this would be my gut feeling. Now I'm sharing all my thoughts, as which I do every day. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they, good. I thought Chad that, uh, you know, Kim. Did you hear? I, I, I think I heard this right. Did you hear um, Nikki say something about how this was like a finesse team um, mm-hmm. last night? Yeah. Talking about Baylor, like. <sighs> I can't imagine in a million years ever hearing Kim say that. That's okay. I mean, they don't have to. We don't have to compare them. I mean, they. I think she's done a pretty good job of not trying to compare herself to Kim. But I'm just saying, in that game, for instance, it it sort of demanded in some, especially early on, a tougher team. And and for whatever reason, those they didn't play tough in that first half. In in South Dakota, and in, in maybe even into the second half to a certain extent. And, and South Dakota put it on them. Now, again, that yeah, may not be totally probably, fair. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was probably, um, you know, when Texas was physical with them and it bothered them, that probably made the light bulb can't come on. And, um, you know, two of the last three games, and, and they, lost two, they lose two out of the last three, and it's their games where the team, you know, is physical. And, and, and the other thing is, do not let them get out in transition and score in a hurry. And, and that's, that's, you know, something maybe real subtle that South Dakota did last night is they didn't let them, they didn't let them do that. Uh, and, and, you know, overall, like broad perspective evaluation of things, you know, they won, they won the big 12 championship in a year when the big 12 was more competitive. And so you've got to give Nikki credit for that. Now mm-hmm. this whole off season and everybody that, that talks about the program is going to talk about the fact that they lost on the, their home floor in the tournament for the first time in 20 years. You know, yeah. I mean, there's just no getting around that. And it's like Shaka Smart, you know, they lost in the first round and 364 more days till he gets to try to get off his NCAA tournament losing streak. You know, it's the same thing. They've, they've got it now a year to try to think about it and, and, and want to get to, back to that Sweet 16 level. And that's the tough thing about sports and, yeah. You know, uh, you see it in everything. You see it when a guy hadn't won a major and gets there on the last day, you know, and and doesn't get it done. He's got to wait till the next time he's he's in that position. And and yeah, and, and yeah. So, 
Well, listen, I I enjoy uh, reading your coverage of the team and uh, yeah, well, and and yeah, and I just was like, man, we got to get Chad on to uh, kind of <laughs> wrap this thing up. Talking about me losing losing out on that hotel room. Oh man, I I, I was going too. We were headed to Wichita. Yeah. The station was going, so I was going to grab. I love those autograph collection. Marriott mm-hmm. Hotels, so I was going to sneak right on in there to the Ambassador. And now right. our friend from uh, South Dakota is going to be, you know, just hanging out, having the yeah, time of his life. So he, he, I'm going to give him till till tomorrow. And if he doesn't text me by tomorrow, I'm going to call the hotel and I'm going to maybe beg him for whatever I can beg. But, see, I use Priceline, and so oh, just, it's like okay. uh, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. You holler at me, Chad, if you need me. I am a, a longtime gold card member, so I I'll, I don't mind weighing in on this thing uh, okay. with 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 Marriott. But uh, all right, well, listen, I appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Matt. Have a good you day. You bet. You bet. There he goes, Chad Conine, uh, who does a really nice job covering the uh, covering Baylor women, and uh, good to visit with him. Some good perspective. I like what he was saying about. Uh, about the the Texas women and how they kind of got real physical with Baylor, and uh, that's something that uh, I think Nikki's going to have to to really think about moving forward. I think all the threes and all, and especially when they're going down, are a lot of fun. But um, you know, one of the things that Baylor's been known for is being extremely physical and uh, and tough on defense, and and to me that can't change. Uh, and uh, it was one of the things that might have been missing a little bit in that game yesterday. All right, and of course, we'll have uh, Nikki on for her uh, weekly talk. I've really enjoyed that. She's been great all season for us, and we'll do that uh, tomorrow At uh, if she'll do that with us. I mean, I don't see any reason. She always shows up, uh, win or lose, and which we very much appreciate. Uh, Nikki Collin will join us tomorrow. Um, let's, uh, let's sample a little bit of what Scott had to say. Some good women talk there let's hear a little bit about what uh, scott and then of course uh uh matt meyer and, and adam flagler had to say after the loss to north carolina we'll do that next this is the baylor sports beat a daily look inside baylor athletics now here's the voice of the bears john morris Everybody's coverage check. Baylor Athletics on the Monday. Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, we'll wrap up the weekend in Baylor Athletics. That includes the end of the seasons for Baylor men's and women's basketball. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. 
Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor men's basketball, the number one seed in the East region, bowed out of the NCAA tournament with a 93-86 overtime loss to North Carolina Saturday in Fort Worth. With the loss, the defending national champions finish the season at 27-7. and On Sunday, Coach Nikki Collin and the second seed, Baylor women, they bowed out of the NCAA tournament with a 61-47 loss in the Farrell Center to South Dakota. After the game, an emotional head coach, Nikki Collin. Got really good kids. I've got really, really good kids in that locker room that believed in what we were doing, that trusted the process, and that's so cliche. Because all coaches say that you just got to trust the process. Um, But change is hard. Change is really, really hard for everyone. I don't care how old you are. Change is hard, especially when you've had success. And so I've learned that I'm tougher than I would have ever thought. (laughs) That I've learned. Um, That I'm more resilient. I think I can coach with anybody in the country. And um, I've got an unbelievable staff. Um... And I think slowly and surely the Baylor family realized, like, that um, maybe I do fit in here, whatever that sounds like or looks like. or um, And I think that was hard for them, too. I think change is hard. Nikki Collin following yesterday's season-ending loss to South Dakota in the Farrell Center. The Baylor women finished the year at 28-7. and seven. Also, from the weekend, Baylor baseball takes Game 3 in their conference opening series with TCU 7-3 on Sunday. They'll host UT San Antonio tomorrow night. Softball wins 2-3 of three from McNeese State at Getterman Stadium. Men's tennis drops a 4-0 decision on the road at Michigan. Women's tennis with two road wins in Big 12 play at Iowa State and at West Virginia. And acrobatics and tumbling wins on the road their meet against Quinnipiac. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy and windy this evening with scattered showers and thunderstorms. Some of these may be strong to severe in all modes of severe weather possible. We'll see lows drop to 53 degrees. And tomorrow with the cold front moving to our east, it'll be much cooler with clearing skies and breezy conditions and highs around 64. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. John Morris here telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. 
Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. ProStar Rental. They make work easier. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. ESPN lovers, upgrade your diamond stud earrings for only a penny more. Whatever the occasion you're waiting to upgrade, shop at DMRA Fine Jewelers and gain an all-access VIP pass to our lifetime diamond stud earring program. Spend $500 on a pair of earrings, spend a penny more and upgrade. When she says diamonds, pretty, pretty please, say yes, 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 with a penny on top. Shop DMRA Fine Jewelers today with interest-free financing, 4541 West Waco Drive. See store for details. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Dallas Cowboys make some roster moves and free agency signing defensive end Dante Fowler from the Falcons and add former Steeler wide receiver James Washington both on a one-year deal. Linebacker Leighton Vanderish also signed a one-year deal to stay with the Cowboys. Former Cowboys Lyle Collins signed a three-year deal with the Bengals. Over the past two years, Collins has missed 21 of 33 games for the Cowboys. Later, men's and women's basketball both go out of the NCAA tournament on the same weekend, men losing to North Carolina and the women to South Dakota. Only Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas remain from the Big 12 in the men's side, and Iowa State and Texas move on, with OU and Kansas State both playing tonight to try to make it four teams from the Big 12 in the Sweet 16 on the women's side. Dallas Mavericks at home tonight, hosting Minnesota. Tip is at 7.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Akinjo will drive. Runner, yes, and a foul. He drew a foul. Akinjo will have a free throw to tie the game with 15.8 seconds remaining. Oh, there he was, John Morris on the call as Baylor had that incredible comeback down 25 with 10, 10 minutes, 41 seconds left and came racing back in Akinjo with the and one. And then, of course, uh, makes the free throw 80-80, and then they take it to OT. And uh, I would have bet the family fortune that they were going to win that game at that point. It's a good thing I don't gamble, okay, because we, we kind of need to uh, – I don't know how much of a fortune there actually is, but let's just say the uh, – the uh, retirement. I'll just put it that way. But uh, that was that was hard to uh, 
Hard to stomach. Uh, unbelievable to watch, though. And you could tell the excitement in John's voice. You know, Pat was excited as they were all. We were all courtside. We actually got to sit down there and at the Baylor women's game. That was fun. Courtside seating with Division One and uh, also the uh, uh, oh the uh, the big the Big Twelve uh, tournament. We were all courtside. Let's get back to that for all games. <laughs> Selfishly, okay. Uh, let's do this. I want to let you hear from Scott Drew, and uh, I believe there'll also be a little bit from uh, Adam Flagler and uh, and Matt Meyer. Uh, as uh, well, Meyer um, uh, played his last uh, game with Bears, and then uh, Scott. Um, obviously, this was in the moments after the loss, and he had already done a. a, a uh, interview at some point with uh, Ali LaForce from CBS, and uh, Scott was just, he was very emotional, very real about it, uh, and, uh, and, and here's, what, uh, here's what he had to say, and Tom Barfield and I were, uh, as well as Garrett Ross, were all in the room uh, to uh, monitor what was going on. Uh, here is a little bit of that, uh, of that interview. Head coach Scott Drew, the student-athletes, Mr. Flagler and Mr. Meyer, Began with an opening statement from Coach Drew and then moved questions in the room and on Zoom. Coach Drew. Well, I, I told uh, Allie in the interview afterwards, and uh, Rudy's uh, Tom Janovich is uh, never underestimated the heart of a champion. I thought our guys really uh, displayed that. Uh, having a chance to have the largest comeback in NCAA history in the last 10 minutes. Uh, really proud of their effort and uh, just how they carried themselves all year long. Um, 15-0, face a bunch of injuries, adversity. We could have gone away, end up winning conference. Same with uh, today. You get down 25, it's easy to fold. These guys don't. Uh, it's a joy to coach them each and every day. And we might be losers on the scoreboard today. Give North Carolina a lot of credit. Coach Davis is a great coach, does a lot of good things. And uh, they got some great players and great program. But uh, uh, really proud of these guys and how they represent Baylor University. Questions here in the room. We'll start front row on the left. John Werner, Waco Tribune Herald. This is for Adam. Uh, could you talk a little bit about how y'all got back, back into the game and what y'all did to, to pressure them into a whole bunch of turnovers? Uh, well, we, we knew that uh, as a team we weren't going to give up, and uh, we decided to apply the pressure a lot more and uh, just be assertive out there. So once we got into uh, those diamond and traps, we were able to you know, get some, a couple stops and get some easy looks, and that, that's what got the run going. On the right-hand side, third row. Uh, Kendall Katz, 365. Matt, I know this, you didn't want this to be your last game, but considering how you fought, the ankle injury, if this were a way to go out, did this feel kind of a fitting way to go out for a great career at Baylor? Yeah, I mean, I'd be proud of how this last game went down. Um, I mean, I didn't know that that was one of the biggest comebacks in March Madness history, but uh, that just kind of shows, like, what we've been dealing with all year. We've had a ton of adversity. We've had three guys with um, big injuries, and, um, I mean, this team fights, so I would definitely be proud to go out with that. Fourth row on the right. Adam, you guys went on a massive run in regular uh – regulation and then just one of 11 in overtime what kind of happened in overtime where did the shot go uh we were getting good looks we just um didn't knock them down at the end of the day and uh, uh we needed some key stops and at the end we didn't get them so that's uh credit to them 
Questions for the student athletes or Coach Drew. On the right, fourth row. Yeah, Coach Drew, uh, Jack Allen with 25 ABC. I was just wondering if you could walk us through the decision not to press to start overtime. Just kind of, it felt like it was working there. Why did you decide to kind of step back off of that? No, we, we were pressing in overtime whenever we got a score, dead ball. Um, if they got a rebound, um, we weren't we weren't pressing. Um, but. Uh, we had some good looks in overtime. I think uh, that's one of the tough things when you spend all that energy. Sometimes you run out of gas. And uh, um, you can say we did that a little bit, but you also got to give them credit. I mean, Styles has made two threes all year. He bangs that first one home into the shot clock. Uh, as a coach, you're like, that's not good. Um, but these guys don't go away. Front row, far left. Uh, coach Mac Engel, Fort Worth Star Telegram. When you guys went to overtime, did you feel confident you had had the momentum and that, that you were going to finally be able to overcome and get over that hump? Did you still feel like you were fighting uphill at all? Yeah, I, I always feel good in overtime. Uh, uh, it, 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 you come back like that. Um, but credit them, they scored first. And that's why I said that Styles three was really big, late in the shot clock, someone getting two for 12 on the year. So um, he made a big three. Then they get a foul, I believe, go up four. And it's hard to play from behind in overtime. It had been nice to get the lead. All the way back on the right. Scott, Curtis Quillen, KCEN Channel 6 in Waco. What did you tell your guys in the locker room after that? You get that furious rally to get to overtime. And like you said, they score first and keep you guys at arm's length in that last five minutes. I think in, in overtime, it's more to be thankful for just the season we had and thank them for um, the time together we've had, the ability they've let us to uh, coach them and learn from them like they've learned from us, hopefully. And uh, Baylor, it's always bigger than uh, uh, just basketball. I mean, we prepare champions for life. Uh, it's great to have uh, an impact spiritually, character formation, uh, academic-wise. It's one of the best academic groups we've had. Spiritually, it's a real deep group and uh, 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 proud of their growth and uh, what they've taught me. And character-wise, they represent their team and the school the right way. So I couldn't be more pleased with uh, uh, the kind of young men we have here. Kevin, second row on the left. This is uh, Kevin Longquist, Sikkim Sports. This is for uh, Matt and Adam. Uh, you guys have been through some physical games throughout your career, but as physical as this one, can you compare what this was like to other games that you've been in uh, in your careers? Adam, can you start? Uh, with being in March Madness, you know, everybody's going to bring their best punch, and uh, they have great size. But um, <clears throat> the Big 12 Conference def definitely prepared us for these moments. We just came up short. So credit to them for, you know, finishing strong the way they did. Uh, they're a good team, um, but we're in the Big 12, so we're pretty used to the physicality. Um, but they definitely came to play today. All the way back on the right. Stephen Stevenson, forward start telegram. Coach, do you have any sense of why uh, your, your team got off to a slow start? Was the 11 a.m. tip? A factor? Actually, we started strong. We're up four zip. And then I think uh, uh, RJ uh, had a lot to do with that. Um, and credit him. He made shots in the beginning and then got them rolling. And then after that, uh, 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 
Manic was, I mean, he really shot it well. And you take out that that 56 points, um, but credit them. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's hard making shots in that second game, and both of us don't have deep benches. And um, usually the numbers will probably back that up. Uh, but they had two guys that really came out of the gate shooting it well. And coaching wise, you all we'll go back and. Should have trapped ball screen. Should have done this. Should have done that. We'll play it a million different ways. But uh, uh, um, proud of us uh, uh, giving ourselves a chance uh, in getting back in it. Okay. We have about five minutes left with Baylor. Remember, if you're on the Zoom, to raise your hand virtually. If you have a question, we'll stay in the room here to the right, second row. Scott, Eric Kelly from Fox 44. What exactly do you think that press was able to do to North Carolina, especially in that, at that 10-minute mark that allowed you guys to work back from the 25-point deficit? Well, definitely the turnovers, quick shots, allowed us to get in transition, get some buckets, um, and then, and then obviously extended the game. So uh, once at 11 minutes they started – slowing it down which uh, is a good move by them and working it we knew we had to we had to do something different okay on the right hand side again fourth row michael nichols our daily bears coach what kind of challenge did did armando Bacot pose to y'all especially in that first half it seems like he was everywhere on both ends i mean there's a reason he's got 26 double doubles so uh he's not only uh, uh got great size done a great job with his body uh coach davis and their staff do a great job putting him in positions to be successful uh and when they don't put him in position he goes and gets offensive rebounds so he's a big piece to their their puzzle what they do and um Obviously, their shortened rotation has helped them, and uh, it's, it's a real talented team, good team, and um, they, they give them credit for, for defeating us. On the left in the fourth row. Scott, what were they doing to get Manic such good looks? Obviously, he went off. Yeah, well, Man Manic, uh, uh, first of all, is a tough guard because he's got a quick release, he's got a high release, and uh, uh, I mean, he's got he's got good pieces around him, which allow him to get a lot of good looks. But it's it's hard to guard him because if you're a little late, he just he gets it off. And uh, I thought uh, second half, the big thing for us was we had the first half eight turnovers. I think they had 15 points on those turnovers. Uh, second half, we only had three and an OT. And if you do that both halves, um, I mean, we're down what 13 and a half. So those turnovers really hurt us as much as anything first half. Stay on the left in the front. Scott, what do you feel like you're going to take away from this season? What, what are you going to remember most about this team? Well, um, first and foremost, just uh, uh, what great young men they are. Um, they're fun to be around each and every day. They came to work. Um, they had good attitudes. They really uh, uh, represented the school the right way. Um, and, and our theme, uh, uh, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And I mean, to win back-to-back -back conference champs with three season-ending injuries, uh, that's phenomenal, along with all the other injuries these guys have overcome. And uh, I know Adam will be excited to finally rest his body and get 100% healthy. And he hadn't been 100% healthy in, in six weeks or so, but it just shows you the toughness the guys have. All right, there he was, uh, Scott Drew. You heard me asking him about Brady Manick, and, of course, that's the long-haired guy with the beard. used to be at Oklahoma. And 
he just went off in that game. Uh, Scott's right. He does have a quick release, and he's so tall at six nine. I mean, you know, he gets his shot off, but I mean to to constantly. Um, it, you know, it wasn't just a matter of like not getting your hand up. Just he he, he just kept showing up, and in in taking uncontested threes. Now again, he can make contested threes because he's so tall. But uh, certainly, him getting tangled up, and I know UNC fans would think that was crazy to get kicked out of that game. I, I almost tend to agree. I don't think anything that he did warranted getting ejected but those are the rules it was a flagrant two and good for uh you know good for Baylor and and for Jeremy Sohan for being able to draw that Sohan is I mean he he will battle you he is savvy he is mean in some respects Doug Gottlieb who I've known for years and is a friend of mine called him dirty uh, on Twitter, and I think that's ridiculous. Um, if you think Sohan's dirty, you, you you just haven't watched him play enough. Now, is he is is he gritty, and will he battle you? Yeah, yeah, he will. So, uh, I, I, but again, I, I thought that was going too far. Um, but uh, more to come. We uh, will mention over the weekend there were some more Cowboys news that came out and then kind of get you ready as um, three uh, uh, three teams from the Big 12 moved on and then one also got beaten over time. We'll discuss a little bit of that in the dismount, and we'll do that next. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. What do John Morris, Kirk Watson, Maxine Hart... Walter Abercrombie, Martha Lou Scott, Michael Hyatt, and Robert Darden all have in common? They've each been interviewed on Baylor Line's Direct Line Conversation Series. You can hear from these outstanding Bears and many, many more with a subscription to Baylor Line Insider. This is your all-access pass to the best content in the Baylor family. Subscribe today at BaylorLine.com KRZI. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number. So, why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Myatt Fuels should be your first and local choice for high-quality fuel and lubricant. They are Central Texas-owned and operated independent distribution and bulk delivery company. You call, they haul. They deliver on-road diesel, off-road, farm diesel, gasoline, and non-ethanol gasoline. Known for the great pricing and quickest delivery, call Nick, the owner, for all your gasoline delivery needs at 675-8107. That's Myatt Fuels. Call Nick at 675-8107 or look for Myatt Fuels on Facebook. Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 and 9 on ESPN Central Texas. The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, April 2nd, Sunday, April 3rd at the Harker Heights Event Center off Edwards Drive. The Real Texas Gun Show, proud to be a place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers that buy, sell, and trade firearms. And the variety of our shows is extensive, and oftentimes, if we don't have it, they don't make it. And the Real Texas Gun Show has more than just guns. You'll also find ammo, hunting gear, fishing gear, camping supplies, collectibles, and much, much more. The Real Texas Gun Show, April 2nd, 9 to 5, and April 3rd at the Harker Heights event center. 
It's time to save on the powerfully versatile Kubota M7 tractor with up to 168 horsepower, superior loader lift capacity, and operator-friendly controls and comfort. The hard-working M7. Built right, built ready. Now get the Kubota M7 tractor for zero down and 0% APR for 60 months, plus $8,000 loyalty cash reward. Now through March 31st. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. Call Waco Foundation Repair today. Waco Foundation is a family-owned business specializing in foundation repair for your home or business. With over 40 years of experience in the construction industry, they take pride in all the work they do. If you see cracks, don't stress, call the best. Waco Foundation Repair. Call them today at 254-420-4910 for your free estimate. Or you can visit them on their website at wacofoundationrepair.com. That's wacofoundationrepair.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Lynch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Dallas Cowboys make some roster moves and free agency signing defensive end Dante Fowler from the Falcons and add former Steeler wide receiver James Washington both on a one-year deal. Linebacker Leighton Vanderish also signed a one-year deal to stay with the Cowboys. Former Cowboys Lyle Collins signed a three-year deal with the Bengals. Over the past two years, Collins has missed 21 of 33 games for the Cowboys. Baylor men's and women's basketball both go out of the NCAA tournament on the same weekend, men losing to North Carolina and the women to South Dakota. Only Tech, Iowa State, and Kansas remain from the Big 12 in the men's side, and Iowa State and Texas move on, with OU and Kansas State both playing tonight to try to make it four teams from the Big 12 in the Sweet 16 on the women's side. Dallas Mavericks at home tonight, hosting Minnesota. Tip is at 7.30. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, it's the Dismount. Appreciate everybody being with us today. We've had to kind of do all this together. Uh, appreciate everybody who's weighed in on the text line. We'll give you more opportunities to call in. We'll do we'll do maybe some caller segments uh, throughout the week. But uh, anybody who wants to kind of sound off on the Baylor women or Baylor men, 254-662-1660. Aaron, uh, I'm very distractible, so Aaron kind of monitors that a little closer than I do. But I do love hearing from you guys. Uh, I did want to let everybody know, got some rough weather moving in, some severe uh, thunderstorm watches that are going to go till about 6:15, and uh, now some of the nasty tornado stuffs more out Travis Hayes County direction, but out Bosky, which is certainly in our listening audience, uh, uh, some high winds and that type of stuff. That's Meridian, Clifton, of course, China Spring. Uh, you know, you guys, uh, uh, just be careful out there. Some high winds, some weather coming in, and we'll continue to kind of keep our eye on things. Um, you know, we've been talking about all the uh, the, the sad Baylor news uh, the, with the seasons uh, ending. Uh, I thought that was uh, thought the Baylor uh, baseball team showed some good heart and grit and resilience. That's a that's a heartbreaking loss in Saturday's game against TCU. It was the first uh, Big 12 series of the season, and it was uh, in in Waco. And man, that was that was really tough to have an 8-5 lead going into the bottom of the ninth, and Bears could not hold on to it and end up losing in extras uh, to the uh, 
to the frogs, the hated frogs, I might add. And then, uh, it, but they came back yesterday and uh, salvaged one win in this series and just broke out the bats in a big way. And uh, I'm trying to think the final score I was looking, it was 7 3. And they, but they just kept pounding on runs and adding and never kind of stopped coming. And there was one great uh, Pineda. Uh, Jack Pineda, I, I, that that was an unbelievable play where they had it, the throw had him beat at home, and he and he somehow, you know, used his body. Uh, he, he eluded the tag and then went under the tag, and it was one of the most athletic, crazy plays you'll see at home plate. Uh, look it up on Twitter or uh, social media, Google it, whatever you want to do, but you need to see it. And uh, then today, uh, Steve Rodriguez took part in a uh, press conference as they announced that the uh, Big 12 uh, championships will be, or the Big 12 championship uh, baseball will be at uh, at the new uh, park, at a Globe Life, um, and uh, that Globe Life field, and that's going to be uh, that's going to be neat to to have that in the Metroplex. Should be a great event. And uh, there were several coaches, I think the West Virginia coach and the TCU coach uh, and Baylor Steve Rodriguez were a part of that announcement today. And so that's uh, that's exciting stuff. Shout out to the Horn Frogs and our buddy Simcox because uh, they put up a huge fight and, and really got a, a job on a call late in that game. But uh, TCU almost knocked off Arizona, gets beat in overtime. That's all the time we have for you. We will see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock sharp. Good night, everybody. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 basketball on today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround. Coming up, there are three Big 12 men's schools still alive, moving into the round of 16 of the NCAA tournament. Three still alive, three have been eliminated. We'll look at that when we come back on today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround. Hey folks, John Morris for the Bruner Auto family. If you're thinking about a Chevrolet, Chrysler, Buick, Dodge, GMC, Jeep, Cadillac, Toyota, or quality pre-owned vehicle, visit BrunerAuto.com. Bruner serves all of Texas with delivery to your location. Now Baylor fans get the Bruner Advantage at no additional cost with every new vehicle purchase. A lifetime powertrain certificate and much, much more. Only at Bruner Auto family at BrunerAuto.com. Your family since 1928. Wear what the Bears wear. Get your Baylor gear today at the Baylor Bookstore on campus or online at